0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. Uh, We've declared ourselves a Nazi-free zone, and we don't want to pardon Joe Arpaio, right? Okay. Okay, good. Moving on. And we've got a great show. Um, She is with us, the legendary mistress of mixology, Gina Cershovani from Buffalo and Bergen and other other fame. She's uh, uh, leaving her store periodically over at Union Market to go out to National Harbor, because she is concocting all the cocktails at the new Harbor Dome Summer Snow Globe, basically a 10,000-square-foot thing that snows inside. Right? <laughs> That's a be, really
1: good explanation We're going to
0: be talking to Gina.
1: Okay. And the legendary Dean and DeLuca Market, which is down in Georgetown but originated in New York City, is a fixture here. It was a fixture for me. I was literally waiting at the door. Uh, when they opened about 20 years I ago,
0: drooling, I think. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Mm. And uh, Chef Willa- William uh, McCormick and mm. uh, GM Chris Visa. Did I say your name right? Visas. Good. Visas, Okay. They're both in studio today, and they are going to be creating some summer salads, which we're looking forward to trying.
0: And uh, a couple of months ago, the folks from Chula Indian Barbecue mm-hmm. were in. I think they were opening a mosaic. Do you they just
1: to? opened a mosaic, yeah. but now they now, opened in Sterling. Yeah,
0: and they're 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 today Washington, tomorrow Zavard. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, Simran Sate is in uh, Seati. Actually, did I say it right? She's not here. She's not in here. She's not here, so okay. she'll be in later. Okay, anyway, but we're she's mixing
1: um, spices with them today. Yeah, we're be really be talking cool.
0: about authentic Indian spices, and the guys from Dean and DeLuke are already taking notes. Yes, Let's of see course. What's going on over there?
1: Okay. And one of the this? Jerry Zawacki? Yes. Does
0: that name ring a bell? It should, because he had a successful stint in the kitchen over at Hazel. And with he's Rob now, Ruba. Yep, and now he's gone to Service Bar DC. Mm-hmm. They're known for great cocktails, but he's come in to make the food as great as the cocktails. Am I right? Yep. Look at <laughs> that. All right, and, and
1: cider. Who
0: don't like cider? Huh? So Did you I, say
1: you don't like cider? I said cider? who don't. Oh, okay. Who don't? Just make it sure. My no, God. No, no,
0: no, no, no. So <laughs> Sam Fisk from Moncho is in, along with Greg Johnson. He's their head cider maker. And they've got two cider wineries, one on Florida Avenue and one over on Kennedy Street, Right. Yeah, look at that, I yeah, I did my homework And we're going to be tasting or cider Or he talked to you before the show and just there, to make no, sure No, 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 who <laughs> wrote this? And we're going to be, uh, uh, I guess we're going to be tasting your first cider made at the the new location called Cidre Blanc Very good so, Did I say that right? Okay I can also say Oue La Toilette okay. Anybody, okay, you need to get in front of that, Mike We're
1: right. going to talk to Mitch first and then we're going to get into cider So
0: uh, Mitch Berliner is on the phone from Central Farm Markets uh, You are on the phone, aren't you?
2: I am, indeed. Thanks for having me once again. I love your French pronunciation. Thank
0: you, Bobola. Huh?
2: Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. What's, what's going on Anyways, at the markets? Well, another glorious day. We are firm believers that it's not supposed to rain on Sunday, and for five years, <laughs> you won't believe it, it hasn't during market hours. Is that true? That's I'm not bull. making this up. I
0: don't buy um, that. He's making it up. You're like that guy on Channel Nine that says he's always hitting the the, the, the forecasted temperature on the spot.
2: It's, hey, listen to me. It's marketing. This is not fake news. Not fake news. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you know we have, have
1: some of your friends in studio today from Dina DeLuca.
2: Yes, I know. Dina DeLuca is going to be carrying the Meatcrafters lines of sausages and salami. Shameless and plug for meat
0: crafters. Boy.
1: Well, you yes. know how much we love um, the skinny salamis. They're delicious.
0: No, thank you. Thank you. All right. They so are. let's get back to the markets, Bob.
2: Back to the market. So one thing that we have in Bethesda that's, again, the only farmer's market in all of Washington, we have three kinds of fresh beans. We have black peas, black eye peas, and croakers, and croaker beans. What's a and, croaker? Um, What is that? What is a croaker? Um, they're just Different kinds of beans are grown on the eastern shore, and our farmer, Thomas McCarthy, he's 80 years old, he's been doing this all his life, and he has like a little shelling machine, so it's so easy to make these when they're fresh, it only takes 10, 15 minutes to, you know, on boiling, and then you can do anything you want with them, add sausages as an example, vegetables, eat them, you know, of course it's very traditional, black-eyed peas in the South for New Year's, Mm -hmm. Um, but we've got all kinds of other things, loaded, we've still got peaches, tons of nectarines, I bet you there's probably 12 kinds of melons here today, Um, just all kinds, of course there's food at all our markets to uh, take and eat out, live entertainment every week, Um, there's just, just, it's a hopping here. Sounds like like fun. All right.
0: Um, let's just make sure everybody knows where all the markets are. All the are.
2: markets, Mitch. Let's tell them where all the markets okay. are. So thank you. So we have three farmer's markets, two on Sunday, the Mosaic Central Farm Market in the Mosaic District in Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Downtown Bethesda on the parking lot of Bethesda Elementary School also on Sundays, And then on Saturdays in the brand-new, really wonderful Pike and Rose uh, Mixed-Use Development, that's on Saturdays. You can go to our website. CentralFarmMarkets.com and learn all about it. And thanks for having me. All right, Thank buddy. We'll talk to you next Thank week.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: You got it.
0: Take care. Bye. All right. So let's go to Sam Fitz. Sam, last time you were in here was a couple of years ago. Don't for, forget uh, Greg. Oh, and Greg. But Sam was in here okay. for DC. You were a beer guy. It used to be and a now, beer guy. Now you've Both turned, you're guys. a trader now to beer and you've become a cider guy.
3: <laughs> Converted to the other side.
0: But it's still alcohol, so who cares? So at the end, Absolutely. it's the
3: same result.
1: But what was the allure of cider for you?
3: Uh, it was different and unexplored. Uh, beer has been done so well by so many people that we just saw an opportunity to do something that was fun that we didn't know anything about. And it's just a lot more fun to learn about something that you don't really know a lot about.
1: Well, what is it about the complexity of cider for you that that was such a turn on, like especially moving from beer? Because cider's more whiny than beer don't you think?
3: Yeah, I think cider's really misunderstood. I think we <laughs> most, mostly think of these macro products that are all sugar driven, but the cider that we love that's made like wine has sweetness, it has tannin, it has acidity, and it has these characteristics that I don't think uh, the average consumer or even myself really knew how to assess when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having a lot of fun showcasing what cider can be and learning as we go.
1: What is sort of the history of cider? Like where where, where does it start, really?
3: So Spain, France, England, and the U.S. have long cider histories. Okay. In the U.S., we cut down all of our trees during Prohibition, and we just really never replanted them uh, so this region, Maryland, Virginia, like yeah, right. Um, there was a long cider history in this region until about 100 years ago. So we're really interested in growing apples that grow uh, naturally in the mid-Atlantic. A lot of the apples that we work with were grown by uh, colonists in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're really trying to revive something that our country used to be really into.
1: Okay, so as you're putting together your ciders, what are we looking for? Like, you're going to pour your first one in just a second, but what is it that we're looking for in this taste?
3: So acidity, sweetness, and tannin. Cider okay. can have tannin like a red wine. It kind of messes with your brain a little bit because it's a light-colored product, but it can have tannin. Um, that's something that's different with our ciders and the macro stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we really like to celebrate that. The first cider that we have is acidity-driven,
4: okay. so the
3: tannin's toned down a little bit. Um, but this is an acidity-driven cider. It was fermented with Sauvignon Blanc yeast, uh, and it is very white wine like.
1: Okay, great. And what's it called?
3: It's called Cedra Blanc.
1: Okay, and this is new. We're the first people who get to try this.
3: Well, we actually released it yesterday okay, at so our Kennedy Street oh. location. Aww. Once uh, again, I come
0: the, in second. You know, okay. First people outside of Kennedy Street okay. to try it. Okay, yes.
1: thank you. All right, we're going to let you well, pour that. Quick okay. question, though. Okay. We have
0: two, two, two more minutes here. Okay. For, no, Greg, where do you come from? You're uh, out of Michigan. How'd I come out of Michigan.
3: You? I spent um, like most of my adult life and. Um, coming of age with uh, fermenting in Grand Rapids area which is known for is instead of
0: going to high school or
3: uh well I mean I went to high school okay right went to college on and off for a long time um but uh just started fermenting things about 10 12 years ago and eventually fell into cider about 4 or 5 years ago professionally and that brought me
0: down here all right cool. we're going right. to get we'll back to you guys yes, in a we'll minute let let's talk some other kind of booze with Gina Trusovani. so before we talk about the globe, quickly, tell everybody what Buffalo and Bergen is.
5: Um, so Buffalo and Bergen is a bagel bar in Union Market, and we specialize in New York water bagels, giant sandwiches, and Bloody Marys to die for. And booze, so. right. And knishes, right? Don't oh, have, and my knishes. How don't for, I forget? Have to forget the knishes. I mean, even more importantly is my knishes are going to market. Uh, you know, I've been yeah, dying to right. give you
0: a canish since you came into the studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. I
5: like that. I, are you looking at my conditions?
0: He's
1: looking. He is. He really is. I look is. at all conditions. Okay, so but right. we brought you in today, though, because other than your personal projects, you also get to be a part of other fabulous projects that pop up all around the city. Yes. And um, what's going on in National Harbor is pretty interesting. So okay. let's talk about what you're doing.
5: All right, so there is this giant... Structure now at the at, uh, National Harbor, right where the Ferris wheel is, the um, the big wheel. Mm-hmm. And it is a 10,000 square foot snow globe mm-hmm. that was built by these guys from Oregon. They were flown, sorry, it was built by these guys from Oregon. It was flown in and they erected it. It's massive and it actually snows in there. Right. Everything. But, so, but it's
1: like, it looks like it's plastic, like, like okay. a big plastic, like half.
5: Yeah, so so it's a dome. So it's a giant dome. But but it's clear. So if you were a kid and you went and you you remember the dome-shaped jungle gems, now just imagine that humongous. Right. You go inside. It's covered in this clear marine plastic. The top of it is white. Mm -hmm. And then it um, collects this um, snow, right, this carbon dioxide snow. Right. And every 30 minutes or so, it releases it and it comes down. And right before it gets to your shoulders, it dissipates so you're not soaking wet.
1: Okay, and then but this is not really for the kids. This is for adults because it's a bar. It is a bar.
5: It is a bar. It's a it's a snow cone bar. Right. So let's talk about what you're making. <laughs> all right. There. So um one thing we all know that in summertime people enjoy a little bit more of a sweeter drink, the drier mm-hmm. stuff we save for the winter. So what these are are snow cones and they're done over shaved ice, which are shaved right in front of you, fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and maker's mark is one of my favorite um bourbons, and they were so kind to give us the jewel up. So we did Maker's Mark juleps with a little bit of um, lime, ginger, turnover-shaped ice for a Kentucky snow cone. We made the Harbor Breeze, which is a beautiful um, pineapple and vodka cocktail. Mm-hmm. And then we did um, the notes. tropical – I know, I'm checking my nose. <laughs> we also did a tropical breeze with uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is uh, one of the big sponsors for this, right? So okay. normally – I would, uh, so I would you'd
0: be a wide awake drunk,
5: right? And normally right. I would say, I can't, I don't mix that kind of stuff, right? But right. Mountain you came out with this new adult version of their sodas, which are lighter in sugar and they're actually really delicious. They're very dry, oh, so, so they're not yeah. super syrupy no, and sweet. Nope. So just fresh, um, juices and then done with apple and vodka. And then one of my favorite cocktails is, um, Elf on Vacation. So, you know, Elf on the Shelf works hard all year. Well, it takes a vacation in the summer, okay? So, we did this cocktail with, um, it's just a, a little bit of effing um, orange. What I'm, kind of orange? Effing orange. Effing F- blood orange, really. E-F-F-N. E- no, E-F-F-E-N. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. Are you sure? I swear. Because okay. i said that I swear many swear in my times. cocktail life. <laughs> look
0: at that effing orange. Yeah. I know.
5: Yes, I know. It's a good way yeah. to do it, right?
1: Um, But to the dome, I guess my question is, because it's supposed to be 64 degrees in there, it right? Is. How do they keep it? Because you would think, like, if it's in the sun... Good it's, cook, right? Yeah.
5: What's what's crazy about it is you go in and you'll sit in there and you'll feel like the temperature change. Uh huh. And so you it's it's eighty eight degrees yesterday, right? So right. we're outside and there's games outside. When you first walk up, there's games, park benches, um, you know, a bunch of adult stuff to do, right? The the fray and everybody sponsored all that, right? Um, and then you walk in and you're like, oh my gosh, it's not that cool in here. And then all of a sudden, it kind of it starts hitting you. It is sixty four degrees. it is just blow it in, and it's just like constant like cold air but what's really been um, amazing and i think is like the, the most magical part of it is is like just like um you know, you're at the Capitol, and you can talk in the pitch, and yes. you can talk in one corner to the other. Oh, so you can't so be you can careful total... what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, don't side. talk about other people. But you can't you can't say right. My wife's
0: driving me crazy right. today. But
5: for me, it's awesome because I can talk to the other bars just being on one side and be like, "Oh, can you do this?" And it travels. Is well. there going to be live music? No, wait. There is. But
0: We're going to wait. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Gina. It's we got to take a break.
5: Oh,
1: okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. It's snowing in National Harbor. We'll be back in just a
0: sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Gina Trusovani, who is mixing it up out there with cocktails and more okay, at so the just, New Dome at uh, National Harbor. Sorry.
1: Yeah, so give us a better idea. So there's music. There's live music there. And, like, can you sit? Like, and how yeah. do you get tickets? Like, give us the whole four one one.
5: So there's live music every single night. Like, today at 4 o'clock, you have uh, Magic Giant coming in from California. They're pretty amazing. Then we have mm-hmm. uh, next week, Sir Sly, and then Little League Champs, which, you know... If you're into music, these are amazing venues. It's an amazing venue to see live music at. There's DJs um, to fill the other time. And like when you walk in, to give you the example, like there's furs, fur rugs on the floor, beautiful white and silver furniture, two bars flagging both sides that are ginormous, snow cone machines running. Um, it's kind of like high energy in the middle of like the hot H- summer. How here. long does this thing stay up? Um, uh, September 3rd oh, to Labor Day. That's I mean, it? That's very cool. That is it. Yeah, and it's then, a short run. And then there'll um, be no dome. Bye-bye dome. No dome. We'll be domeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're gonna dome it down? They are gonna dome it down. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank so you here's what you
5: can do. You can come visit us. You can walk in, you can come in, uh, sign up when you walk in, uh, get there. Tickets are uh, range from ten to twenty five dollars, but if you want to come out and hang um, when there's no show and have cocktails, you are more than welcome to do that. If you want to buy tickets in advance, you can go on Eventbrite. Um, dot com. Look at her go! Uh, promote,
0: promote, promote.
5: But honestly, really, walking up is just fine too, because there's so much to do down in the harbor that it's really you could spend like the you whole know, day, have dinner, right. and then go to a show and then you know have cocktails and oysters after. Or go to MGM
0: and lose your kid's college education. I mean, or, like
5: win, or win, or win, or win, or win. There's always, there's always that sure. drink win. the juice. We probably,
0: <laughs> we probably just, we just handed our money over. I think <laughs> I remember.
1: And then jean you have something new coming up? that uh, you want to tell us? um
0: No. Yeah, okay.
1: No. Okay. She's being shy. She's not going to <clears> tell us now. You having another baby? Bet, anything no. like that? No. No. Uh, no. Well,
5: no. it is another baby, but it's, it's not, not that kind, of, not of, baby. That kind oh, of baby. You can't tell us.
1: It's. It's a, we're it's not going to tell anybody. restaurant baby. Okay, you can right. tell us later. All right. Me. Trust
0: me, no one's listening. Just tell us. <laughs> all,
1: right. all right. All right, thanks, Jane. All right.
0: So Thank let's, you. Let's go back to Sam Fitz and Greg over there. So I guess, you know, for me, cider is still, cider, I've got it locked in my head. Cider's like the old cider. Mm-hmm. But how many different varieties are there? I mean, people are treating, the, uh, I did some reading. I mean, it's like wines now. There are a gazillion different varieties, and people are starting to mix in other you know, flavors, blackberry, and all that kind of stuff. Are you guys doing
3: that? No, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> He's our, like,
1: absolutely not.
3: We, uh, we feel it's really important to showcase what the apple can do. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had some awesome cherry ciders, a few, but it's really not our interest. What we want to do is not put cherries in our cider so that people can see how awesome cider made just from apples can be. So working with cider that comes from four regions of the world that don't really talk to each other, we had to come up with our own classification. So the first cider that we gave you, we call a bright cider. That's acidity-driven. We use Sauvignon Blanc yeast. It's really bright and refreshing. What does
1: that mean? I mean – For the layperson, Sauvignon Blanc yeast. So
3: we use the same yeast that they ferment Sauvignon Blanc wine with. So it does impart some of the characteristics that you would associate with Sauvignon Blanc. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also using apples that give a lot of acidity that might remind you of a a Sauvignon Blanc as well. Okay, and what kind of
1: apples are you using?
3: Those were 100% Gold Rush apples from Winchester, Virginia. Gold Mm -hmm. Rush is a great culinary apple that's great to eat and to make cider with. Mm -hmm. Um, But the next cider that we're going to give you really showcases tannin, which is quite different. We call this a structured cider. And you'll notice that there's some some real depth to the cider, and also really really strong orange blossom notes in the in the nose.
0: Okay, and I got another question. How do you become a federally registered winery?
3: Is that uh, all? doing a lot of paper paperwork with TTB?
0: If it's got the word federal in it, of course you do. But I mean, what what
3: uh,
0: you know what delineates a, a a federally registered winery from somebody that is out there sort of a I don't know poser? You can actually <laughs> sell it. Is that, is that how it works? That's the only way you can sell it as, as wine? Have,
3: you have to have licensing. You have to be uh, reporting to the TTB to actually sell I wine. don't
0: know what the TTB is. What's the TTB? Uh, tax and Trade Bureau. Oh, those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tax so, man. Yeah. All right,
1: what are you guys pouring next?
3: This product is called Transcontinental. We <laughs> do have some partners across the country that allow us to make blends at their facilities. So we made this in East Wenatchee in Washington state at Snowdrift, which is one of the best cider producers in the world. Cool. So we actually got to go out there and make our own blend. And the purpose of this was to showcase what tannic apples can do. So this is not your refreshing uh, summer cider. I definitely think of this more as a winter cider. Um, but you'll notice that the nose on this just reeks of orange blossoms. And it's it's a really cool, uh, a really cool product. Um, so yes, this is Transcontinental.
1: Terrific. All right. Well, while we're getting a taste of that chef, you're going to have to wait for that cider Thanks and sit so down. Much, chef.
0: All right. We've got Bill McCormick and Chris Vizas from Dean and Deluca. Bill is the uh is the you what can thank I you. call you? The executive chef? Is that what you are? You call me I'll call okay, you getting yeah, you. I not not late saying, for supper. That's, okay. That's
6: okay and with Chris me. Chris is
0: the GM. Let's First, talk about you know we we say Dean and DeLuca is legendary, and it is. It changed that strip in Georgetown, and it's, it's it's huge in New York. Talk about the model. Talk about the business model. Why is Dina DeLuca so
7: Dina DeLuca ish? Come on, it's, um, it's chef driven, using mm-hmm. quality local ingredients. Well, we try to as, mm-hmm. as best we can. Um, and we were, you know, we were the company that brought in like arugula to America, and. Um, Balsamic vinegars and things like well, that. Well,
1: you guys were really on the forefront. I mean, the first Dean & DeLuca opened up in New York in what year?
7: Oh, in Soho
6: it was... Yeah. It was, I believe, 74, yeah. 74.
1: But Dean & DeLuca was sort of... I mean, it was on the forefront. There was like Balducci's and Zaybar's and Dean and & DeLuca in New York City. You know, there was these few markets that brought in really interesting products You know, like you said, arugula, sun-dried tomatoes, like, things that you were only seeing on some of the highest-end menus.
6: Balsamic vinegar. Right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: you just weren't seeing these products. You could only only see them in, like, high-end restaurants. You weren't seeing them in markets, so people weren't able to replicate these dishes. Correct. You know, in their homes. And you guys helped make—you helped change— the The dining world and the food world in this country, so well, they had those.
7: yeah, I mean, they
6: had the visionary of bringing all the products and bring them to every day where people could actually go into the store and buy them and recreate some of these things right. Uh, and 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 that's the that's the kind of beauty of of being on the edge. and And that was what their passion was all about
3: mm-hmm.
6: uh, that they that they tried to bring uh just bring some of those items into the market and the market didn't at that point didn't have it
0: is there a dean and is there a deluca who mm-hmm. where'd the name come from
7: i had the two gentlemen um who started it they still running it uh no 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 no, no,
0: no, no, no. no. not
7: anymore not with us anymore? <laughs> uh, like uh,
0: one is still one. one is still with us they're, 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 they're very close to our hearts right. joel
6: and But so now as the market has evolved
1: you guys opened in uh, 20 years ago here in Georgetown You have that fabulous space and the market has evolved over the years. I mean obviously markets have evolved over the years I mean now there's a lot more access to products than there was 20 or 30 years ago. So how do you guys? Work within that.
0: How do you stay ahead?
1: Yeah, how do you stay relevant a lot of research
7: Mm -hmm. um, reaching out to? like Mitch you know, right, Mitch Letter. Uh-huh. Don't mm-hmm. give him any more airtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> doesn't deserve it. He didn't pay for it. Forget it, yeah, Mitch.
1: Yeah, but I guess that's the question. Like, what's the sort of uh, R and D that you do to make sure that you have really continue uh, to have really interesting products?
7: Well, well, we have merchants who work for the company, but then also um, going to the farmers market. Mm-hmm. That's how I I've met.
0: will not say
7: his name. That's okay. okay. And some other Itch people. May. Right. Um, great local i mean do farmers. you have freedom
0: for, for, does the company give you freedom to say i found a great pig farmer out in you know yes. elbow bend virginia and he's doing this and that with this you know kind of heritage pig and you can do that yes, yes know, we can
7: be... for, for 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 fresh fresh product yes can Not people
0: bring you pro- in other words we've had the folks from whole foods on before and somebody will walk in with a tupperware container of mom's salad dressing and suddenly they've got a Salad dressing empire. Can you come to Dean and DeLuca that way and have your stuff tried?
7: Um, Yeah, actually, we have a gentleman um, who's bringing in preserves. That, okay. is that his mom makes. I can't cool. remember the name at the moment. But, that's okay. Um, yeah. Mom's preserves. Now, Chris,
1: let's talk about what you're making over there because you're doing that's a little. Uh, oh, this sorry, Bill. Sorry, sorry. I've been called
6: worse. That's okay. That's, that's
1: okay. <laughs> but not much worse, right? Okay. Yeah. okay.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm on, I'm on. i on air, <laughs> and I don't know
1: you that well. Um, so, uh, what are you making over there?
6: Uh, actually, I'm making one of our uh, our one of our signature dishes. It's it's a very popular. It's a it's a nice, light, summery. It's uh it's a a base of of orzo pasta. Uh, I have some fresh bait, um, some fresh spinach. I have some Kalamata olives. Uh, I have a little bit of red onion, a little bit of, of red pepper, mm-hmm. a little bit of sea salt, uh, a little bit of olive oil, and um, red wine vinegar.
1: That looks beautiful. Uh, and A
6: little feta cheese. That's everything uh, I
1: want in a it's, salad it's, in it's, summer. It's probably
6: something. It's probably one of the things that I think I we sold. Maybe I don't know. A, Million dollars worth of uh, mm-hmm. salad last year. It's a very popular, and the the beauty about this salad is there's only f- you know five or six ingredients. You can whip it up very quickly, and it's very versatile. It can mm-hmm. go with any protein you like. I mean, it can go with steak, it can go fish. Uh, I have a little tenderloin, which I'm going to pair it up with, and mm-hmm. a little bit of grilled chicken breasts as well. Uh, Did you see me sit up straighter when you said tenderloin? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so cool. and, and it's 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 very it's very easy. Let's talk you about
1: your the your prepared section because that is something that you guys are really known for. How do you go about? Because you don't. It's a daily selection that changes. How do you go about uh, preparing the food and coming up with menus and deciding what's going to be offered when? And it's very seasonally based.
6: It's yes, it's very seasonally. Uh, we have the um, the 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 whole concept is is I have oh probably. Fifty-two dishes on a daily basis. We have a core, uh, and then we we always have the availability to move things in and out. What you know, based on seasonality, based on on movement, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what the core is. Uh, I and the the one great thing that I enjoy working for Dean and Deluca uh, is I, I'm able to make any pretty much anything that i would want to make within reason okay uh and uh and everything made at our store is all made on the premise it's mm-hmm. all made from scratch uh we make our own doughs for the empanadas and our quiches and things we don't re-thermalize anything uh and i have a very good team uh i have a uh, very actually a very small team that really pumps out uh, a lot of good quality dishes and mm-hmm. things so it, it's 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 nice to be able to be in that atmosphere where it's not so corporate, where these are the things I have to have. This is what I have to do. There's no variation of anything. It
0: gives you a lot of opportunity to be creative. That's
1: great. We're going to
0: break for commercial in a couple of seconds here, but, but talk a little bit about the new Bethesda location. Uh, well, actually,
6: that's. I'm going to yeah. let probably turn right, that over Chris, to Chris. Yeah. He's a lot more. It's happening in he's downtown. A little the higher than I am. It is
1: happening. Yes.
7: Okay. Is it's big, happen? I thought I it was gray, the whole building. It's a that big the whole black and, no, and no, gray no. building.
1: It's a beautiful it building. Is.
7: I, I live right near there too. I'm so uh, excited. So,
1: so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh, how big is it? How big is the space?
7: Our space will be about. Uh, 10,000 square feet.
1: Okay. So mm-hmm. about like about a quarter? the size of
7: a snow globe. Like right. a quarter of the building? Mm-hmm.
1: A quarter of the building? Right. And how, um, is it just going to be products? You're going to have prepared We're have, foods?
7: Uh a restaurant, a small okay. restaurant, mm-hmm. a wine bar, uh, prepared foods, bakery, sushi. Wow. Um, what, an inc- just what you get in the, incredible in Ardina, the Lucas store addition in to that but with community. With a little bit of a restaurant. And for anybody
0: right. listening, it's right across from where Barnes & Noble currently is. They're leaving right. shortly. But right in the center of yeah, the Yeah, they the, Anth, uh, they tried to jack the rent apparently. Yeah, not anthropology. but One of those anyway, stories. So. Um
1: But just quickly. But now the Georgetown property did have a a restaurant at one point.
6: Yes. yes. Well, actually, no, I, I believe it was a pizza place. That's actually. correct. Right. Because we have some old things up there, but here. you can yeah. still get to go foods and sit. Oh outside yeah, yeah, you can
1: sit right. We recipes. have a patio. We have a, oh, yeah, a
0: big covered okay. patio. Yes. All, All right. right. We're going to come back to these guys. Let's oh, take a okay. break. okay.
1: This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking Dean and DeLuca with Chef Bill McCormick and General Manager, Chris Vezas. Mm-hmm. Guys, you uh, have a new, uh, well, you have a new food classification and merchandising thrust on wellness.
7: Particularly on uh, essentially homemade bars. Yeah, that, let's hear that. About are it. yummy. So, why don't you talk a little bit about so that? So we have um, we're partnering up with Alan Mortensen. He's a Michelin-rated uh, chef who's mm-hmm. um, helped craft these. They're um, they're uh, how would I put it? They are they're not processed. They they're. It's so the they're really food. health bar. It's, yeah, there's they're no health bar. It, there's, no, there's nothing extra to them. They're not processed. You're getting all the nutrition out of every bar. But mm-hmm. there's some great combos. I mean, this is. Uh, matcha, and espresso.
1: matcha and espresso.
7: That's for energy. I was going to say, that's got to be for uh-huh.
1: energy, right? My goodness. You got um,
7: turmeric and what? And, and, and ginger. And that ginger. Is, that's anti inflammatory, yep. basically. Uh-huh. Um, what is
1: manuka?
7: Manuka is a honey from New Zealand.
1: Okay. And then mkebu?
7: M- yeah, that's seaweed from. Oh, meat. Um, Padonia, uh, Padonia, well, I believe. Just I'll, call also. it seaweed. No, <laughs> well, but it sounds better. It, sounds, <laughs> it sounds so much. Exactly. More, it sounds much more sexy. So I might be able to get my wife to eat it if we call so it. So this me.
1: is something new that's now being offered.
7: Yes, it, it'll hit our store in about ten days.
1: Okay, great.
7: And um if you notice, they're all kind of there's mm-hmm. no. It's not processed, right? Yeah, so we the nuts tell are everybody cold. we're eating them now, and they're
0: good, and they're priced right mm-hmm. too. I mean, I was expecting a much higher price. They're 4 bucks a $4, $4 oh, right. Good. They're delicious.
7: And I feel 100% better now that I've already had some.
1: I know. They're really <laughs> yummy.
7: Look at you. you look 10 years younger. Exactly. All right. Now you look 14. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's uh, tell everybody where
0: Dina DeLuca is in Georgetown, even though we know where it is. Right. Uh, 3276 M
7: Street, Northwest. And when right. does Bethesda open? I am hoping very soon. Somewhere over the rainbow? or mean... it'll, it'll be after the holidays. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. Thank cool. you so much. Thanks,
0: guys. All right, let's talk Indian food. Authentic uh, Indian food from Chula. We had the folks from Chula on here right when they first opened Mm -hmm. out in uh, Mosaic. That's, what, about eight months ago?
8: Mm, Maybe. Yes, in December. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, and Simran uh, Sethi is in, and uh, she's—are you one of the owners?
8: Yes, I am. Well,
0: congratulations. Thank Thank you. (laughs) you. Now you've got an empire. (laughs) <laughs> Today, Washington. Tomorrow's the no. World. They're not
8: just in Washington. No, no, they're so, in Cleveland. Originally. Yeah, we started in Cleveland. We opened in Ge- in December in uh, Fairfax, mm-hmm. um, in Sterling in June, and then we are going to be opening one near Philadelphia in the King of Prussia um, oh. Town Center. Do um, you
0: Kensington, Maryland? That- <laughs> no,
8: <laughs> no. We're trying to go as fast as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. Well, explain quickly the uh, concept yes. because it is a fast casual
1: concept. Yes. But you have a real dedication to the quality of food that you're doing. Yes. So let's um.
8: And we should
0: be picking at your food, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
8: Why not? Okay. Let's do it. Food comes first. Yes. yes. So Everybody Let me get your drink. You if questions you go I'll with eat. that. All okay. right. So Chula. Um. It's the place I love. Mmm. Is unique. The mm-hmm. reason it's unique is that um, it's a fast casual concept. Right. It's very affordable. Mm-hmm. You can eat it every day because it's so delicious. However, the most important part of it was. We wanted to do something that wasn't done before. Okay. So what we've done is we brought the ancient art of tandoori cooking, which Mm -hmm. is about 4,000-year-old, out of a healthy way of cooking, like Mm -hmm. skewers and stuff. Um, That's on display. Mm -hmm. We have practiced cooks slapping dough all day long, Mm -hmm. making those cheese and those those meats and those tandoors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a contemporary art museum setting. We have original art that's displayed, which is inspired from the Indian streets and also from uh, Indian life. And the most important thing that we tried to do was we wanted to bring real food, which has robust flavors, but Mm -hmm. anybody who's new to the cuisine or somebody who's wanting those authentic flavors, both have that access. Okay. Um, And the real food that is there is, what we mean by real food is it's all from scratch. We don't have canned chickpeas. We don't have any food color going in, Mm -hmm. any preservatives. So it's almost like if you wanted to cook home versus coming in and grabbing a bite. So we Mm -hmm. do have wraps and salads and lettuce wraps too, mm-hmm. uh, which go with our barbecues that we right. cook all day. So it's it's fresh and it's healthy and it's our... But Indian food yes. is, is healthy to healthy. begin with. It is a healthy cuisine it overall. Is. So here's exactly... So what happens with Indian food is it's been revered as one of the most healthy cuisines, right? Right. Uh, because of the spices that you see. Sure. Now, what tends to happen uh, commercially, if you look around and... What uh, Randir, my husband and I, we traveled um, for two years to different countries, Mm -hmm. to different cities and Mm -hmm. learned from many professional chefs and cooks and everybody and tried to look at what's going on in the market. Mm -hmm. Really to promote the food, a lot of fillers, which means your um, heavy hot spices, a lot of creamy stuff is put in to kind of create that craving. You would be surprised sometimes there's even MSG in the food. Just hmm. to bring the customers back, right? Okay. So we wanted to demystify that. Okay. Create a really clean platform mm-hmm. and say that come in. It's a global environment now. It's accessible. Just come and have some goodness of Indian food. Wait a minute. You okay. and your
0: husband spent two years traveling and eating.
8: Yes, wow. we we moved back you to have India. A radio yes. show. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. We <laughs> moved back. We made a base there, and then we just traveled everywhere we could. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the stories is that we went to London and we hit twenty-two spots in two days. I think our stomachs were crying. I bet. We but I mean, there's to, amazing eh, Indian food in London. I there mean, is, ridiculous. There, there, it is out of this world. But then there were things that we had to really think of. What is it that we are offering? Right. Because at some point, you have to know, why is it you're doing it? Mm-hmm. Because we had the Five Guys franchise, if you don't know. We had that in the Northeast of Haya for 10 years. We okay. had 20 stores of those. So we wanted to see, what do we bring to the table? Got it. Yeah. That makes so much sense. No, I didn't yeah. know you about your relationship. Too no, <laughs> that was totally unnecessary. So
1: let's talk about the spices because you yes. brought in a whole array here. Yes, and yes. let's talk. And you guys sure. like to
8: mix your own spices as well, right? Exactly. So um, Indian food, the way it becomes really healthy is because of the healing and the antioxidant properties of mm-hmm. the different spices that you have in the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and in order to become a chula head. Okay. Which we call our raving fans. Uh-huh. Um, it's a good idea <laughs> to know a little bit about spices, a right? Chula head. right? A tula yes. head. So, okay. if you come to our restaurants, we have a lot of different tula heads. Okay. Um, so, I have a few spices here. Just I don't want to test you, but I want to test you. Okay. So, <laughs> I do, but I can It's okay. Let's do it. So, I have these four right here. If mm-hmm. you can me tell see. me what you think those are. This, You're asking the
0: wrong guy, but.
8: This is cardamom. Perfect. And what is this? What's that? This is, hold on.
0: It smells like marijuana. Okay. <laughs> not that I would know. I'm just okay. saying that would be this. Like this is
8: maize, but not the pepper spray kind. <laughs> Wait, is, but I want you to tell me those. Is this maize? Uh, no, the okay. one that he's holding. That's maize. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I so, don't... so the reason I brought these in is that um, what we've done is we source premium quality spices from all mm-hmm. over the world, wherever we can find. So the long ones that you see are actually long black peppers. Okay. Those are very, very uh, prominent in the European cuisine and everywhere else a mm-hmm. few hundred years ago. But so then, what do you do, just grind these um, down? Yes, yes. Okay. And then um, black pepper became more readily available and mm-hmm. that started being used. But okay. Here's so we still put that in. Really
0: what's interesting is you guys, your fast casual concept is yes. basically it's a, it's a cafeteria line kind of concept, but all the food, there's so much care and attention paid to this. Why did you decide to do it that way and not a sit down restaurant?
8: So for us, like I said, our whole focus was to have uh, the goodness of Indian food, right? Mm-hmm. And tandoori concept is very close to our heart because what mm-hmm. it does is it's it the tandoors heat up to about 700 degrees mm-hmm. and when you put the meats and the cheeses in there. It really brings out the flavor of the ingredient and it also, the, the fat drips off. So it's a healthier version mm-hmm. and we wanted that and we wanted to have fresh bread being cooked all day. So we wanted to not compromise on having a fast casual where you just assemble, assemble, assemble. That's mm-hmm. not what we do. We have uh, recipes that have been painstakingly made um, when we traveled and we worked on everything and we are customer inspired. Okay. okay? And we have a lot of chefs and uh, on our team mm-hmm. and we have a lot of different professionals who come in with the technology that we use. Sure. So as a result, we are able to create something um, that is consistent each time. Mm-hmm. And also it's not just run of the mill because we know how to. Bring the flavors together. Okay, and that's what we've tried to do. Before he interrupted you, you were going to tell me what this was. Yeah. So that is the black cardamom. Okay. And what you were, uh, what you identified correctly, that's the green cardamom. Okay. So there are two different varieties of the same tree. Uh, but one has a smoky and a rustic really flavor for so, this is not and stuff, right? This is natural. It's not roasted or anything? Or it's um, so dried? it's smoked and dried. Okay. So that's why it has that. It smells Whereas also. the other one is more like a mouth freshener, a yeah mm-hmm. kind of a right. property to it. Did you say
0: aphrodisiac? So, yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> so then now you're taking
8: all these spices and you're mixing them to create your own a blend. blend. So but. what we're going to do here is, mm-hmm. so just to give you an example, we have about... Um, 46 different spices that we import, right? Okay. And we have different dishes, and we each dish gets its own unique spice blend. Mm-hmm. So um, a biryani wouldn't get the same garam masala as mm-hmm. something else. Right. So as a result, um, what we're going to do today is we have 10 spices mm-hmm. that you're going to put together, and you'll create your garam masala. Okay. Okay. And that we are going to taste in a dal to see how it tastes before and after. Okay. what we're going to have to do it quickly. Yes. Right so here. So let's do it. Okay. And so, here's a bowl for you. Are okay. you guys gonna do this quickly. Yes, I can keep telling you what the spices are. Sure, so. okay. okay. let me go. So what do we do? So we, we, do just... we do. We throw cumin. Okay, you okay. can keep throwing in, and I'll okay. keep naming okay. them. Okay. Black caraway seeds, what maize, gonna... cloves. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then you have nutmegs. Okay. Whoops. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, and then you have cinnamon.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
8: You have black pepper. Okay. okay and you have um
0: sneezing that would be sneezing. a bad
8: idea uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cinnamon i guess yes. and then that's green cardamoms okay and so uh and that's coriander well, powder which counts okay. the base smell right so, so you mix it all together amazing. okay and, and then if you, you can mix it well, i have what do you got garam masala <laughs> okay. so um but garam masala is in india like everybody makes
5: their own right yes
8: yes so um one want to dispel one myth. Curry powder mm-hmm. is a one-size-fit-all thing created by the British because they didn't know how to make different unique blends. Okay, but everybody makes their own blend because they go with their artistic interpretation. one thing. All right. So that's the garam masala. And okay. just so that you know, Chula also has our menu is very we well sip. tailored to mm-hmm. like the vegans, this the vegetarians, right. and everybody else. Should we sip? To see um, what
0: it like? Yeah,
8: yeah. You taste it and then you taste it with the spice mix
0: what are we supposed to drop
8: um, no. yeah drop a pinch in there mm-hmm. and here's a spoon yeah, for you no. and see how that changes the taste We're just so pinching. one of our re- real reviewers really said it well and she said real indian food is about flavors and not fire you That's can very add true. your fire you right. know but the flavors are what we are really going after all right mm-hmm. i hate
0: to do this but tell everybody yeah. where chula is and will be and then we've it's got really to move on. it's really delicious
8: yeah yeah it's really all right. good and thank and you thank you so much uh, uh, chula the first one is in cleveland ohio um, we have in Virginia, the fir- uh, the second one in Fairfax, Mosaic District, and then uh, in Episary Plaza in Sterling, and then I talked about the King of Prussia, and then we'll have uh, one following up in Pittsburgh very soon as okay. well. Okay,
0: thank yep. you very much. Thank you so much. Step up to the microphone. Hello. Hi. So Jerry <laughs> is at Late of Hazel. You're the new chef at D.C. Service Bar Quickly, we're going to go to commercial in about a minute, but tell us what D.C. Service Bar is, and then we'll come back and get the whole Uh thing.
4: D.C. Service Bar is a very small bar over on U Street in D.C. that was started by a handful of people who were really passionate about both cocktails and the service industry.
1: Glendon, who's been yeah, in Glendon, the studio. Glendon right? and
4: Chad Spangler, those guys. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to create a place that was fun, entertaining, but allowed them to be super creative and just have a really... like good time creating new cocktails new themes that mm-hmm. you can't do in bigger spaces but also they wanted to make sure they catered to both the neighborhood and our industry made sure everyone had a place to be and just have a really but good you time brought into up the ante on the food yeah. side so we're going to hold it there
1: yes
0: hold that thought
1: Take okay away. we'll be back in just a sec
0: all right welcome back to foodie and the beast i want to thank the market at river falls our friends at pro fish celebrity cruises and who am i leaving out central farm markets yes of course, for sponsoring the okay. show and uh, let's get back to Jerry. Jerry, this is all beautiful. T- let's talk about really what, you know, what you're you're doing now. you well, How long have you been there? I've uh,
4: been there almost three months now, barely. All right. Okay. So you're really getting into gear now. Yeah.
0: What's your battle plan?
4: Uh, right now, first we had to like get everything like sorted out. What I could do in the space and how we could use the tools they had to create fun things. Luckily, because of the way they do cocktails, they had a lot of really useful modern tools that we could play with. Okay. So now we're trying to take that and make food that is both synergistic with the flavors in the drinks and the mm-hmm. foods they use, like the fruits they get from the market to make the cocktails, but also using modern techniques to make them lighter, nice, big flavors, good what textures. What am I eating? This is great. This is an example of what we're trying to do in terms of minimizing waste in the kitchen. Okay. Which, where we're taking things like, this is old rice from when we do our one of our dishes, which is like a s- Creole-style rice and beans. Right. And we cook it down with some water after it's like dried out for a couple of days, and then make it to a paste, and we dry it into a hydrator, and then you throw in a really stupid hot oil, and fry it, and it puffs up kind of like crackling.
1: They're and delicious. It, and they are we, delicious.
4: The second part of this is that we wanted to... I'm trying to use like everything we have in. Like okay. Use With techniques we You're have. You're trying to use be a zero-waste kitchen. Zero-waste as possible. So all, this, all the herbs that were like getting yellow, we couldn't use that weren't pretty, I just either burned them or just dried them straight, and then turned them all into this sort of like trash ranch powder that we wanted to like Goes season top. Things, yeah That's why really what
1: is it what was it about a zero waste kitchen that appealed to you i mean I, it sounds sexy don't get me wrong but it's really hard to do
4: it's really hard to do it's a lot easier now because we have a huge breadth of techniques that are available to us to like manipulate products okay without having to worry about using chemicals or anything like that mm-hmm. and for me it's like and a lot of people i've worked with over the years it's always been a sad note for us to get all these amazing things in from like local farmers local produce people and then have to and chuck and them. And have to they, chuck it because yeah. it's like right. two days old or we had a slow week or whatever. So you know? where did right. you learn how
0: to essentially recycle? Um,
4: a lot of it started like trial and error, like reading a lot of books. Uh, when I worked with Aaron Silverman and BJ over at Rose's Luxury. Now
1: you're just name dropping. Yeah, <laughs> no.
4: But they, they, they did a lot of like creative uses of ingredients that mm-hmm. you wouldn't see a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And more people have been able to do that now in D.C. because there's been more training, more just like. Cross of communication for everyone because it's been a really collaborative community now. Right. And so we all just teach each other.
1: Mm-hmm. And we like
4: go and taste each other's foods and be like, how'd you do that? And like just tell so,
1: in working them. with the guys yeah. at the bar, um, how, like, taking their products, like, are they in on the zero waste concept as well?
4: Yeah. So, basically, for instance, the jam that's on this ricotta toast that we do for our brunch, mm-hmm. that is something that's left over from them making strawberry syrup for one of the cocktails. And then I. Great cook it down and make a preserve, but I also add in things like Angostura bitters that sure. go into some of the cocktails that also have like fun, flavor profiles that work really, really well with strawberries. Okay. And then...
1: It's so pretty.
4: And same point with uh, the other day we were working on, they're doing a cranberry syrup for like a new cocktail they're trying to build for the, moving forward, and so I took all the stuff left over from that and made a cranberry leather that can be used as a garnish on the cocktail. So it's like literally, it's not, nothing goes to waste, and it's all delicious and interesting. You should
0: open up a place in a Whole Foods dumpster. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: I mean, if they... or a
1: Dean and Deluca dumpster. <laughs> oh, sorry, or But and and they don't,
0: they don't waste anything, right, we Bill? Do yeah.
4: They don't. Ba- yep. No. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing. We're just like Dude, really trying to be creative. be You could sell these. These are great.
1: <laughs> They're really addictive.
4: So those are the kind of things that we're going to try moving forward. Like to get on the menu as soon as possible. To, like figuring out the best ways to do it system system wise, but also. What they want in terms of their vision for the menu and the creativity of well, it. Well, plus is,
1: I think is, given that it's it's known initially as a cocktail bar, mm-hmm. you know I think um, when you go in for cocktails, you want something to snack on, but you want it doesn't always have to be like high calorie. Do you know what I mean or hard to eat? Do you know what I mean? Like you want things that are easy to pick at and delicious, but that also complement you know your cocktail or glass of wine. Can I also headings. say
4: that this is great with their ciders? Oh yes, that's no. delicious. Nachos yeah. looks really well the kind of food that we like to do. Um, but
1: yeah. you guys do ciders.
4: I don't know. We have like. Well, one you're cider. about we have, to. We have one <laughs> cider they do right now, and like, but the thing is, they do. They do a lot of regions, like mm-hmm. themes for their like cocktails. So every couple months, they'll do a different region. Right. And if the next one happens to have a good cider history to it, then we mm-hmm. can like get their cider and then do a collaboration. But sure. That's. All like based on what everyone as a group. I think decides. Sam's gonna handcuff you to the wall and tell right. you. maybe a little bit. Yeah. But like, actually,
1: yeah. you know what? These would be delicious. In these would be delicious in the doll that we just made. Yeah. They would work would. really They're, beautifully. Like,
4: they work a lot like them, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's it's give gonna,
1: it a shot. There we go. Why, right. not?
0: Why do you think I'm on the <laughs> show? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Here we go. You and yeah. delicious, right? Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, what do you see coming up like for the fall?
4: Uh, well, first uh, next month is Bourbon Month. Okay. And so, sort of like all about bourbon appreciation. So. On top of them doing both classic and modern interpretations of bourbon cocktails, mm-hmm. we're gonna start trying to work bourbon into some of the dishes. Like we're working on a caramel for like the brunch dessert that's gonna be made with black limes that we make in house from like the limes that don't have enough juice in them to actually juice for the cocktails. Okay. And then we're gonna be doing at the end of the month a like bourbon sit-down dinner for like 15 people that's gonna be like all paired with bourbon and bourbon cocktails and just fun stuff.
1: Cool. Well, it sounds yeah. like you're getting to do really yeah. Interesting I mean, I was things. gonna
4: ask.
0: You feel in a way not like you know because working with Aaron must have been amazing and yeah. all that, but in a way you're sort of set
4: free to do your thing. It's anytime you go into a new place. It's always a little like weird at first until you get comfortable. And these guys have made it really easy for me to get comfortable fast enough to actually feel like I can do my That's own great. thing with them. This is yeah. really fun food. Tell everybody where you are, please. Uh, we're at Service Bar DC. It's over on U Street in Vermont, just right by the south side of the U Street metro. <laughs> cool.
1: Well, thank you so much Thanks for much. joining this us. This is
4: delicious. Sam and Greg, come on up to the mic. Ancho boys, so okay.
0: what does the future hold for you guys?
3: Uh, the future is, uh, I guess we'll see. We have three locations now. If I can give a shameless plug, we have our original location. That's why you're on the show. There, there give are, are a no shameless plugs plug. that are shameless right. on this show. So we have our restaurant at 300 Florida Avenue, mm-hmm. um, which is our flagship. And then we have our full cidery at 711 Kennedy Street Northwest in Brightwood Park. And we also have a pop-up called Peron, which is on Barracks Row at 525 8th Street. Okay. Um, so right now we're running three places, which has been quite a uh, fun challenge, I guess. Uh, and when Perone closes after New Year's Eve, then we'll decide our, our next uh, journey. Well,
1: what so what were you thinking with Perone? What's the pop-up like? How is it different from your other two properties?
3: Uh, it's really different. So we took over an old space and instead of hiring a contractor, we hired artists to uh, paint the entire place with murals, ceilings, walls, everything. We turf the floors and the entire space is meant to be like an outdoor patio party inside. Cool. Uh, so when it's 95 degrees, you can come inside and sit in a space that feels like you're outside and drink ciders by the glass or by the prone. Uh, we're also working with Timber Pizza over there, so they do all of our food at that location. So you okay. can get the best pizza in the city Actually, while drinking our cider. Actually, are
0: not far from Chico either. So not
3: at all. Right. You could mix that with this. Absolutely, I'm trying to get them to pick our cider up if you can help.
0: <laughs> Scott
3: Truno All right, Danny, Danny. He's out there. Um, How are you listening? Um, But to answer your question, the future is more cider. More cider, obviously. And do you
1: promote, like, I know you guys like to do collaborations, but do you promote, like, Gina making a cider cocktail or a service bar doing something like that? Do you want to see your cider used in that way, or is that like a bastardization?
3: No, we would love to. So we we make cider that's only made from apples, and that's our thing, but we love to see what other people do with it. Uh, I was just talking to Jerry about hopefully doing some stuff at service bar. Uh, mm-hmm. But cider is a, an amazing universal pair with food, and it makes some of the best cocktails. Um, we do a lot of cider cocktails ourselves, but I'd love to get uh, one of the best mixologists in the city to start working with our stuff. What uh, about— uh, I'm um, available.
1: What about using it for cooking? Is that like—
3: We cook with cider all the time. Okay, so great. our signature dish at Florida Avenue is cider-poached pulpo. We get Galician octopus uh, shipped over, and we poach it in our cider, in our cedra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lots of our items are made with cider.
1: Oh, okay. Very cool. So who's doing the cooking?
3: Uh, Our executive chef is Alex Valcorba. He was uh, he worked at Obelisk and Two Amy's for about 30 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Peter Passon was his mentor uh, and he's the executive chef of our company. He's one of my business partners and his food is out of this world. He's actually cooking paella on our patio right now as we speak at Florida Avenue.
1: And but you guys mostly do pinchos or is it full service?
3: Full service. So okay. our restaurant at Florida Avenue, we do call it a Pincho's Bar because you can get Pincho's on the main level, but we have a full dinner menu. We have a 49-seat dining room, a 49-seat patio, and we made Washingtonian Best 100 this year.
1: Congratulations. Wow. All right. Nice. I know you're pouring us one more cider. What are we having?
3: Yeah, we have we have two ciders left. I'll go over them very, very quickly. Okay, uh, great. Collaboration number five, we made at Shaxbury in Vermont. It's half Bosque Cedra and half cider that acidified in tank. It was wild for, wild forage Vermont apples. Uh, and this cider is really cool because it absolutely smells of red berries. Okay. But again, there's nothing in it other than apples. So if we were putting berries in the cider, then you wouldn't know what the apple could do. So we have that cider, and we also have our cedra, which is a Basque style cedra that we fermented in a 660 gallon Italian oak barrel that is that graces the front door of our Florida Avenue restaurant. Terrific. All right, good man.
1: Good guys. Thank well, you speaking so much. Of
0: shameless plugs. Uh, everything you heard about it on the show today, you can find. On Nikki's website, com. Mm -hmm. Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on WTOP every Thursday live at 1240. Mm Mm-hmm and uh, I'll follow you home with that aphrodisiac
1: okay there we go we want to thank all of our guests for being in studio today we had amazing food and cider and drinks and we learned so much obviously you can hear all of this on iTunes on our podcast stay tuned for some new info and content on there as well next week is gonna be fabulous too we've got the people from veg fest coming in it's gonna be this massive event happening in the DC metro area and the girls from drink j-r-i-n-k will be in studio they're pouring some of their new health concoctions which i'm really looking forward to um and again we want to thank all of our guests for being in studio today and everybody please have a delicious week